It's Thursday in Passiontide. It's the fifth week of Lent. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. Today our collect church is at Santa Maria in Via Lata, and then we go to Santa Polinaris in Arcipresbiteratu is its nickname. It was dedicated to St. Apollinaris, the patron saint of Ravenna, which was an extremely important city. St. Apollinaris was the first bishop of Ravenna. He may have been born in Syria near Antioch, and it's said that he was a disciple of Peter. In Ravenna, he suffered greatly, having been beaten many times, almost to death. He was finally killed in a suburb of Ravenna called Classe probably during the time of Septimius Severus, near the end of the 3rd century. A church was built in his honor in Rome, by, at least by the pontificate of Pope Adrian I, who died in 795. This had been the site of the baths of Nero and Alexander. So the church is also called Santa Polinare alle terme Neroniane Alessandrine. The first church was demolished, and a new one was built by Pope Benedict XIV, the great Papa Lambertini in the mid-17th century. It was first attached to the German college, and then the Jesuits got their clutches on it, uh, humbly accepted care of it, though the Jesuits were suppressed in 1773 by Clement XIV, of very happy memory. Since 1990, Opus Dei has control, and this is where the Roman University of the Holy Cross, Santa Croce, is housed. From Toward Easter by Father Patrick Troadec. The story of Mary Magdalene is one of the most moving passages in the Gospel. It is the perfect counterpart to the story of the prodigal son. This woman had been leading a worldly and sinful life. She had sought happiness in the disorder of sin and had found only emptiness and shame. But as soon as she hears the word of Jesus, as soon as she sees him so dignified, so majestic, and at the same time so good, so merciful, so indulgent toward the small and the weak, there awakens in her soul a sense for the true, the beautiful, and the good. Now she has before her eyes a model to which she compares everything that surrounds her, and what she is herself, and she is seized with loathing both for the world and for herself. Remorse burns in her heart so intensely that she begins to detest sin. She kneels at the feet of Jesus. She washes them with the tears of repentance. She wipes them with her hair, of which she had once been so proud. It is the silent admission, holding nothing back, which tells everything and begs for pity. Jesus lets her go on. He does not push away this woman of evil life. He accepts that she touches very pure flesh. And this contact purifies her. Not a word of reproach, 
not a word that might confound her. On the contrary, Magdalene is forgiven, justified, transformed. Go in peace. He does not even tell her, sin no more. It is done. Jesus alone has the goodness to forgive with so much delicacy. Simon would have pushed the sinner away. He would have said, get out of here. I am pure. Pure. Who is as pure as Jesus? He is true in his purity. He does not make a parade of it. He understands human misery and he reaches out toward it. He lets her kiss his feet. It is over. Everything is forgiven. Go in peace. I thank thee, my God, on behalf of all of us poor sinners. Lord Jesus, may I have the same spirit as Mary Magdalene in every one of my confessions.